Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 228th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Fred Brown looking. Oh, wait a worthy! Worthy five! The Star Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national gaggum champions. Love guarded by Keels, gets a screen, pulls up for three. Got it! Caleb from straight away! Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys. Here to talk about Carolina's 62-57 to loss at home to Duke in the Smith Center as Carolina's NCAA tournament hopes now hanging on by the hopes of winning a conference tournament. If this team is going to if this team's going to go dancing, they, they've got to win four games in four days next week in Greensboro um, as they were unable to get that elusive quad one win tonight in a game that was there for Carolina to win. Um you know, buddy, we 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 were talking in the preview and you know, we looked back at the way that Carolina played and I said, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to tell me they're going to play that bad again on offense. And um they were almost worse at times. They were that. Statistically, they shot 30% from the field, 22% from three. Did not make a field goal the last four minutes and 20 seconds of the game. Um, They finished the game 0 of 7. And if you want to extend it out even further, uh, 1 for 9. Duke ended the first game in Durham on a 6-0 run. They ended this game also on a 6-0 run. They they, they won in Durham 63-57. They win tonight in Chapel Hill, 62-57. to 57. Um, The 57 points scored by Carolina, season low. So both games against Duke, the two biggest games of the year. Carolina had their worst offensive uh, output of the year. And it's, it's, really, it's really, really frustrating um, with this. Like, you, you have the, the importance of the, the Duke game – there, present. You could feel the energy in the building. 
Uh, it, it it started at game day. A great game day crowd this morning. Um, as lively a game day crowd that I can remember. We've been we've been in in the Smith Center for a game day on the day of the Duke game. Um, so we know what that energy is like. You could feel it at home if you watched on your television that that place was ready to go. And you knew when they got into the broadcast tonight um, that that arena was as lively as it's ever been. Uh, as much as people wanted to tell us last year that after we beat them in the Final Four, the rivalry didn't matter, it was never going to be the same. That was the way to really encapsulate the rivalry, and we got to find something else to to really get excited about in college basketball. Um, these two teams played two fantastic games this year, as they typically do every year. The thing that sucks the most is that Carolina came out on the short end of both, and I just thought there was no way tonight that they would look as bad as they did on offense. I, I, I just I never allowed myself to get to that, knowing it was possible, right? Like it was possible for them to shoot as bad as they did because they've they've shot the ball bad pretty much all season long. But I, I just mm-hmm. never thought in this game, with as much on the line, they would look that bad offensively. Yet they did. And I think what really just still has me mad is I thought we competed as hard defensively as we have in any game last five years. I mean, I thought we defended. I thought we made life tough on them. I thought we made them work for virtually every basket. Outside of the basket, we gave up. That made it 60-57 to 57 when Caleb Love got beaten just right off the dribble. Which was the same exact play that they ran uh, just on the opposite side of the court in the first game. Pathetic coaching. Pathetic coaching. It, it was just... I think that's what really ticked me off. Was that... Had Carolina not defended the way that they did which if they wouldn't have defended, they wouldn't have given themselves a chance to win the game. But, man, I thought I thought, I thought we were there defensively. Uh, yeah, well, I got to be honest with you. It's the same thing as the first game. It's literally a carbon copy of the first game. They defended really well in that first game, too, and it was the same thing. They came in. They, they clearly did not do anything to try to adjust to what Duke – Threw at them from the first game. It was it was literally the same game played over again. And the minute that they started to see similar traits, they didn't do anything to try to adjust the game. And I mean that should piss you off as a Tariel fan because and look, it's it, I mean the coaching staff wasn't great tonight. The, these these guys that we said had to step up in this game, they didn't. And I, look, I'm not going to say anything about Puff Johnson because Puff Johnson could have just easily not played the rest of this game. They said it was an ankle injury. Not really sure how it's an ankle injury when the dude's grabbing his hamstring. Also, pretty sure they were saying the wrong leg. Looked like it was a left hamstring injury to me when he was limping off the court. Um, but he comes back into the game. Uh, but Pete Nance, Pete Nance was terrible tonight. There's just no way around it. He did not play well at all. Um, Leaky Black on the defensive end of the floor had a pretty solid night. He was not good offensively. 
he missed a lot of shots that he needed in this game. Well, and I think the thing so, was was that look, you, 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 as as hard as it is, John Shire's done a fantastic job with that bunch. If if their name on the front of their jersey wasn't Duke, and Pitt didn't have the year that they had, he'd be the coach of the year in this conference. Um, because they've come a really long way. With Whitehead not having the type of role everyone thought they were going to have, he was going to have entering the year, you know, in a night where Jeremy Roach was 4 of 16, Proctor was 4 for 10, but Filipowski, the best player on the court tonight, 22 points, 7 of 17 from the field, 13 rebounds. So they put together the right game plan to funnel the ball to Leaky Black. And look, on one end, man, I love he was confident to shoot the ball 16 times. Well, frankly, there there were a lot of times he had to. He but, had no choice because there was nobody else doing anything. They th- This team tonight was as stagnant offensively as I have seen them in a long time. I mean, they since early this season, the, they literally just stood there at times. And it made no sense. The thing about it, though, is whether he was forced to shoot the ball 16 times or not, some of those shots you got to make, man. Like yeah, yeah. Like I mean, you're, you're a fifth-year player. You set the record for most games. I don't give a damn what your player you, know, you play, are. You know, play. You are open con- enough. Make the damn shot, dude. So it's just come on. You know, we're we're playing, we're playing four on five on offense. Like we knew that entering the year, and then you have the, oh, the, the no. There were times tonight they were playing three, sometimes two on five. You on have offense. the struggles that that Nance had tonight. Um, Caleb Love was awful. Like so, yeah, it became R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott, and look, those two guys, man, they brought it. But you can't beat you can't beat Duke with two guys. Can't do it. It's 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 a team game, and Carolina wasn't there connected. Just they just weren't there connected as a team, and it's it's a really hard pill to swallow. It's senior night. So there's 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 always extra emotion in the building, and I didn't think they were overwhelmed by that, and I don't think they were overwhelmed by the pressure, by the moment. Like last year's team was completely overwhelmed by what they were going through, which was understandable, because for that core, that was their first Duke Carolina game, because the year before there was COVID, so you were playing in an empty gym. That wasn't Duke Carolina. So it made a little it made a little bit of sense last year. I don't think they were overwhelmed tonight. They just I just don't think they are really all that great this the, year. They're not a great team. They have good players on this team. They have guys that have done some really special things here. This is not a good team. There is not enough cohesion, especially on the offensive end of the floor. And it showed I don't think it's about good night. or great. I don't think it's it's toughness. I, I I gotta be honest. Their three wins came against teams that are not good. They're just not. I don't and don't dude, Virginia's not a good basketball team. They will go out and flame out early first of all, early in the conference tournaments, and they will be out, guarantee it, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So I think Carolina just faced teams that they matched up incredibly well against. Now, tonight, I will say this. I think Duke is probably the best team in the ACC right now. They, Depending on their draw, they could make the Elite Eight 
and they're probably the team that has the best chance to make the Final Four. I can't believe I'm saying that. Miami is the only other one that I think is remotely close to them. Um, but the way they're playing down the stretch of this season has been outstanding. Um, and, yeah, there's a ton of credit that needs to be given to John Shire for that job that he's done. But, yeah, Car- Carolina is just they, – they are they are not a team at this point. It just – it does not flow. There is never a time this season where we have said this team is all on the same page. And, again, tonight, you just – you didn't have guys on the offense. You, you relied on two guys to win you this game, and it didn't work because you did that the first time. That's what's frustrating to me is that you you knew that recipe didn't work and you came out and basically did the same exact thing. It was a carbon copy almost to the T of that first game. I I just I don't get how that happens two times in a row. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the game plan was to have two guys carry them to a victory. I don't I, Oh, of course it wasn't, but I don't think that was the game plan. I think it became the reality. I think it became the situation where you got Bad Pete, you got uh, a Leaky Black who um, was just forced to take shots he's not good enough to make. And the bench, the the lack of a bench, they, they scored the legitimate bench because, you know, with senior night, with Justin McCoy and Jackson Watkins starting, it was a little weird. The le- the legitimate bench guys did not score a single point tonight. Well, you know, and so the, the X factor, like the X factor for this team – as important as Pete Nance is, this team rides and dies with what version of Caleb Love they get. And sometimes they're going to have to overcome bad Caleb. That happens when you're shooting the ball the way you shot against Virginia, Florida State, whatever. They weren't good enough to overcome him tonight. And how, I mean, how, I, I got a question. How many games this year has good Caleb actually shown up? Like three? It ain't many. So like, and, you, and look, you can't again, have a dude killing you. Not somebody that's that important over and over again, man. I, it just can't happen. Again, I don't think it, it comes from a place of not caring or, or whatever. It's just... This just ain't his year, man. You're talking about a kid that for a month last year couldn't miss on the biggest stage in the sport and with that he put a big old target on his back and I mean like you got to commend the confidence he has to have shot to have to have shot the ball as bad as he has all season long to still be confident to shoot the ball like in a lot of different ways I commend the heck out of that um and even then like did I want him taking the shot there at the end of the game I didn't like, I wanted R.J. Davis to shoot that shot, but they got – Duke got the ball out of R.J.'s hands, and have and if Caleb Love would have made the shot, you know, his narrative just would have went to a whole other level about being the Duke killer, this, that, and the other. And so, it's just really frustrating. Um, it's, it's, it's really frustrating because I thought up 49-45, Carolina was going to win the game. I thought you got the back-to-back threes. You got R.J. coming off a, a screen where he sized up his defender, pulled up, and hit a three. Pete Nance hit that three in transition that he has that you have to make in that moment. Um, Duke called timeout, and the thing was was even though they called timeout, they never panicked. They never lost their poise. They never lost their composure. And Carolina, like so many times in the big games this year, 
could never could never put the game away. And that's what that's what NCAA tournament teams do. That's what teams that are playing for their postseason lives. That's what that's what those types of teams do. They put the game away. They finish the game. I'm not saying that I thought Carolina was going to end the game with five minutes to go, but they could never get the game to a point where they could manage you have to stretch that lead out. They would. They could just never manage. They could never put themselves in a position to manage the outcome. It was still us, still primarily reacting to what Duke was doing, and that's been the biggest issue I've had for the last two years is that more often than not, we're reacting to what our opponent is doing. We're not the ones forcing the issue. We're not the ones playing with total aggression. We're not the ones playing with a total sense of urgency. It's always we're getting punched, and then we've got a counterpunch. And look, man, some teams can do it. They did it a year ago. They got punched, and they were able to punch back, punch back, punch back. But they eventually got knocked out in the national title game. And this year, they haven't, when they've gotten punched, they've just had a really hard time picking themselves up. And, you know, I kind of thought we were past that. You kind of thought they were past that with the the messaging coming out of the, 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 the program when everyone came back and in the preseason. But... The guys like Josh Graham, who joined my this podcast and had worries and doubts, those guys were right. Uh, and the win tonight for Duke secured their first regular season sweep in the series since doing so back in the 2014-2015 season. Let's take a look here at the box score brought to you by DraftKings. It's not a pretty one. Uh, Carolina shot 30% from the field. They were 17 of 56. Duke shot 30%. They were 22 of 58. Carolina shot 22% from the foul or from the three-point line. They were 5 of 23. Duke shot 31%. They were 4 of 13. Carolina got to the foul line a lot more frequently in this game, 18 of 21. Duke was 14 of 18. Just nine UNC turnovers that led to 13 Duke points. Eight Duke turnovers, that led to eight Carolina points. They were dead even on the glass, 39-39, 29-29 on the defensive glass, 10-10 on the offensive glass. Here's the kicker, 14 second-chance points for Duke, just seven for the Heels. Uh, As Anthony mentioned, Carolina got 28 bench points, but that came from Love and Davis, two usual starters. So that 28 to 5 bench uh difference not really a big deal in this in this game. Points in the paint 30 to 16. Duke fast break points, believe it or not 9-4 Carolina. Block 6-4 Carolina. Steals 6-4 Duke. Uh Carolina assisted on 8 of their 17 made baskets. Duke assisted on 4 of their 22. The game was tied eight different times, 11 different lead changes. Duke led for 27 minutes, 26 seconds. Carolina led for six minutes and 34 seconds. Let's move on now to the quote of the game. Hubert Davis in his postgame was talked about the team's inability to make plays at key moments, key moments in the game, and he said, quote, 
at the end of the day, it comes down to making plays. I've talked to you guys all year and to the team about the importance of discipline and details. Those things that have been told and taught and those types of things that you just can't do down the stretch, and so it's very frustrating. There was a follow-up question that was asked, why is there a disconnect then to making the plays and not making the plays? Hubert said that there's not a disconnect. That's not what he would call it. And I'm not here to to bash Hubert. Um, I'm not in the business of wanting him fired. I'm not really mad at him. I thought he gave his team a chance to win the game. His kids didn't make the plays. But there is a disconnect. Because if if these things are being taught, and drill it into them at practice, and then they're not being executed on the court, that's what you call a disconnect. And I don't really know why that exists, to be honest with you. I I, I, I have a hard time believing that even if Brady Manick was here, this team would be... 10, 10 times better. I I mean I I I got to I mean we saw it last year. This this dude might be the most valuable player that has ever played for this program. Like, and that is that is not a joke, man. Like this dude might be more important to a single team than somebody like Tyler Hansborough was. I mean you, there was so much talent around those guys, but still, I mean this dude was pretty much the the glue holding that team together. Because now, I mean, we we've seen for yeah we we've seen two years of this team without him, and they sure as hell ain't that great. I mean, so I I think you you've got to give him all the credit in the world, man. That dude was just a special. He was a special player, and he was just a special type of leader. He wasn't the most vocal at times, but. When he needed to be vocal, he was, and he just knew how to make big shots. I, I'm going to tell you, if he if he played tonight, they would have won. They actually they would have swept Duke if he was on this team, because he would have made some of those looks that Pete Nance and Leaky Black missed. So, I mean, I, I just I, this team. It's, it really the simple part of it is with what happened late in the game. This team just doesn't have guys that are that are clutch players. Well, I like they they were for a stretch last year. They are not this year. I mean, some of the I mean, it, it's the, these late game numbers for Car for, for Carolina shooting wise are are rough. I mean, they are absolutely brutal. Adrian Atkinson tweeted out. I'm I'm going to find it here real quick. He tweeted out the stats late in a hundred. And eight close and late minutes this season. Carolina has made just 11 of its 61 three-pointers, which is 18%. Love, 5 of 28. Davis, 2 of 14. Black, 3 of 10. And Nance, 1 of 7. That being said, I don't understand how how R.J. Davis was not the guy that you were drawing something up for. He did. It was drawn up for him. Should have called timeout. Don't, don't, uh, look, man, I am as big of a Hubert defender as there is. People honestly get pissed at me all the time on social media. How do you not call, Caleb Love should not be taking that shot, man. He is not, he is not playing well enough now. You call timeout, 
you find a way to get R.J. the ball. Honestly, at this point, I would rather rather R.J. throw up a triple-team shot than Caleb Love shoot a wide-open jumper. R.J. Davis is easily the most clutch player on this team. He showed you that again tonight. Let that dude take your final shot. I I think my my biggest issue was that they settled for the three. Uh, uh no, they needed it at that point. It got to it. It there's it twenty just, seconds it dev- left to go in the game. You you can you can go to the the rim and extend the Do game. You have you seen the way this team finishes at the rim? I, I saw that when they drove the ball at them, they got foul calls most of the time, and I trust the ACC. Well, they weren't calling anything late in the game. You know, I, I trust the ACC's free throw shooting leader to go to the line and make two. Armando was nine of ten. I think if you would have gotten him the ball, he would have went to the line and converted. Well, that that went out the window just like it seems like it always does down the stretch of games. Armando, they they, they completely went away from him late in the game yet again. You know, so when it comes back to uh, this team not making plays and Huber not wanting to admit there's a disconnect, what I think it is, I know this is the same group that took us rebound away from a title a year ago. Yeah. I think he knows he got the most out of what he got last year. I think that's very possible. I also, at this point, really do wonder, do these guys actually look at Hubert Davis as a head coach? Well, I... I, I, Because they were recruited here by Roy Williams. I I really question that. He was Roy's lead recruiter. Oh, I get it. But do they look at him as an assistant coach? Because if they do, then they frankly need to take their heads out of their asses. Because this dude deserves to be respected like a head coach and with the amount of times that they repeatedly make the same mistakes over and over again it really makes you wonder in their mind when he is coaching them do they actually see him as a legitimate head coach well if not that's a him problem I don't really think so well they know because you need to respect your head coach that's how it should work. I mean... There's a reason. The guy that you respect, and you should respect Roy Williams, you should respect Roy Williams about as much as any human on planet Earth. But if Roy saw him as the guy that he is picking to be your head coach, then you should respect him. Yeah, but still with that, that comes with commanding a locker room, having a commanding presence, and if they don't, and you still allow them to go out there, and so I don't think I don't think that's it. I don't think they view him as not their head coach. You saw the way this team embraced him after they beat St. Peter's to take him to the Final Four. I don't think it's that. I just think he has come to a place where he knows he's gotten the most out of them. And last year was fun. Last year. Reminded us why we're here. Like, we we wear Carolina blue for that team, that program, nothing else. I mean, unless you went to school there. Like, we we all we all are Tar Heels for that program. There's nothing else that even compares. That's why we're all here. They reminded us of that, and you know they came up a little bit short. They came back. And, look, I think we all wanted them to come back, right? We all. I mean, yeah, we sat on here and begged for them to come back. You know, yeah, we all wanted them to, to come back and, and run it back again. I walked out of the Smith Center with a stinking smile on my face 
after watching them lose the national title oh, game, yeah, they there were there were a couple of there were a couple of uh, of students uh, that were in front of us that definitely thought you were psychotic. Because yes. I, they were, I knew they were going to come back, and I thought we were going to come back and complete the job and go on another run. That could still happen. You got to start the run next week in Greensboro, but I think he's come to a place where it doesn't matter how much he yells, how much he encourages, how much he does. It's not going to click for them. He's he's exhausted by this team. I mean, so am I. I, I mean, I am I I am to the point right now. I am over this team. And you can't blame them because as as one of our our, our our listeners likes to remind us whenever we're venting, these are the same. This is the same core of kids that con- confirmed for Roy Williams. I've got to get out. I mean, they basically made Roy Williams feel like he was worth nothing. So their their legacy. I'm gonna tell you right now, the legacy of this team. One. No, there. This is the most complex legacy of any team in the history of college basketball. There is no team with in terms of a core that stayed together that is this confusing. It doesn't exist. Like you are talking about a core that is going to have a first round tournament exit that led to one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game retiring arguably the best coach of his era retiring a they they then followed that by taking a first year head coach to within a rebound of a national championship game and now they're staring down being the biggest disappointment in the one of the biggest disappointments in the history of sports there's well, I was about to say cuz in college basketball that's cemented if if this team doesn't make the tournament and that's that's probably going to happen. Let's just go ahead and be honest here. If they don't win four games in four days, they're not going dancing. If if they don't hear their name called on Selection Sunday, and they become the first preseason number one team to miss the field since they expanded to 65, NC State did it in the 70s, but that was back when the ACC sent one team to the, to the NCAA tournament. You've you've submitted yourself as the biggest fraud team in the history of the sport. On top of recreating that image from the 1982 season where you go on to win a national championship, on top of four videos coming out last year all saying we're coming back to, to do one thing and win a national title, Yeah, and then you don't even make the field? That's going to be – it's going – it's going to be – a really hard thing whenever we look back at this team five years from now, even ten years from now, when they come back to celebrate in 2032, to come back and celebrate that Final Four, it's going to be weird. You know, and, and I that, don't even know how much people will cheer. Like, so there, it, there will, by that time, maybe people forget this season, but I'm going to tell you right now, there will be some that will not. No, you won't, and here's why. Because Jay Billis said it right on College Game Day today. Players and coaches, even more so than what they do in the tournament, are judged by what they do in this game. Legacies are defined just as much in the Duke game as they are in the tournament. Like Tyler Hansborough, does he have the career he has if he doesn't do what he did in the Duke game as a freshman on J.J. Reddick senior night? We'll never know. That's how this thing works. And in this moment, with... Their season 
hanging in the balance. They turned in one of their worst offensive performances of the season and lost at home to a rival. And that is going to sting for a very long time. Because, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I am 26 years old. I tried to will that team to a win tonight with the way that I cheered. I haven't cheered the way I've cheered tonight in a while. Probably since the 17 run. Well, I mean, because I wanted a national title so freaking bad. Last year's Final Four game was just, I mean, it was just different. I've never, I, I like, tonight doesn't even compare to that game in terms of the nerves. Like, that was the most nervous I have ever been watching a sporting event, ever. And I have I have watched my team, I have watched Carolina play for national championships. I have watched my football team, the New York Giants, play in two Super Bowls. Rigged. I've watched the New York Mets play in the World Series. I've watched the New York Rangers play in the Stanley Cup Final. Doesn't I have never in my life been that nervous like I it's just that was a different level of nerves and I mean here's the thing tonight's things still ain't still still ain't nothing compared to last year and don't listen to what any ever anybody tells you like if Jeremy Roach I don't really know what he said in the post game frankly don't give a rat's ass um if they try to say that this is just as important as last year was, they're kidding themselves. Neither one of these games are even close to what last year was. We literally killed off the best coach in a lot of people's minds in the history of college basketball. So, I mean, yeah, in 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 the grand scheme of things for tonight, it doesn't really matter. But, I mean, yeah, it's and you're right. I cheered as uh, I mean, it, this was this was one that you really wanted. Like every tour, you could tell. I mean, the environment in in the Smith Center was unbelievable tonight, mm-hmm. and they they really wanted it. And I I think I I do think the kids wanted it too. I'm not saying that anybody, they, dude. That is the hardest I've seen Armando Baycott play in a long, long time. It, it really in the in the way that he ran the floor. Like, this dude gave it everything that he had, and a lot of these guys were exhausted. And somebody asked me, well, why did they not use the bench? Guys, this bench this bench ain't got it right now. Like, the, I'm not, and that's not me saying that these guys are not eventually going to be good players because I think there are a, a, a good amount of guys on that bench, especially those freshmen, that will be good players. They just right now, they do not have the offensive game. Jalen Washington cannot, he, he cannot hold up defensively. Well, and 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 that's that's the thing, man. And we talked okay. about that in the preseason well, that this talk- team needed more depth. And a game like tonight shows you why not having that depth is killing this team. And look, you have two months to develop depth. You have November and you have December. But when you're not blowing out the teams you're supposed to blow out to give you the chance to build depth, you had to play starters and, so you could, you didn't lose those games. And that's where I'm. I'll come back and tell you, guys, I was wrong. I didn't want to be the guy that came in here in November and panicked, like I had to do during that disastrous 2019-20 season, because I knew in November that team was that that team was screwed. 
I didn't I didn't allow myself to believe that this year. We should have known that after Gardner Webb. Because I didn't want to believe that this year. But when you're not blowing out bottom feeder teams in the Big South on your home court, there's a problem. And so look, no, the bench players, they are going to be really good players. Frankly, they don't have a choice. Because the program is going to see an overhaul this offseason. Well, th- I'm going to tell so you. So they've, they've got to be good players. Yeah, th- but there are going to be a lot now. of transfers coming in, man. They're, there's got, they have to hit the transfer. Hubert, I'm going to tell you, man, you're doing a good job, a really good job on the recruiting trail. You you have to start learning how to bring in transfers consistently because that's going to be a big part of the, of, of rebuilding this group. I'm I'm just I'm just gonna tell it to you right now. So you know that that's my thing with the bench. Um, like Seth Trimble is gonna be a really good basketball player here. I believe that. And even though he played a minute, he committed one of the worst turnovers I've ever seen because he's a freshman playing in a game in a moment he's not prepared for. Dontres Styles gave you seven big time minutes. And the only thing that you yeah, look on his box well, score, his box score will show you a block and a foul. But those seven minutes are the reason why in January, why is Dontre Styles on the court? Because he impacted the game. DeMarco Dunn, because his minutes have been iffy, he's out of rhythm on offense. It's understandable why the ball's not going in the basket. Puff Johnson... The fact that he even toughed it out after the way he just looked going to the locker room tells you all, all you need to know about that kid. Did you see him? Did you see him running when they showed him trying trying to run it off? I I said right there, I don't think he's coming back. So look, Hubert made the right decision by running his starters into the ground because that's what that's what it took tonight. And look, Leakey played forty minutes. Baycott played thirty because he got in early foul trouble. And, I mean, Love 34, RJ 38, you know, and that's what you had to do because your season was on the line. Yep. yep. So, look, I, I, I'm i not – it's not that I'm I'm mad that the bench played. I'm not. But I, I, I've also – I've even got to remind myself when they're going through it, they're still going to go through it because they haven't played enough. And that's unfortunate. Hopefully next year – in November and December, we're kicking teams' rear ends, and we enter conference season knowing here's our first eight, here's our next two if we got to go deeper. Stat of the game, I went field goal percentage just because of the – I mean, Duke shot 38%. Well, I mean, because there's not really a stat. Duke did the same thing that they did in the first game, man. When they needed to make timely plays, when they needed timely rebounds – they they made them. You know, do, they executed when they needed to. Carolina didn't. Yeah, it's it's hard to win on the road in this conference shooting below 40%. And Duke did it. They shot 38% compared to just Carolina or uh, Carolina's 30%. So um with that guys, we're going to take a quick break. Get you the latest message offer we have from DraftKings and we come back final thoughts, final takeaways. As Carolina loses at home in a game they absolutely have to have against a team we didn't want to lose to at all. They fell at home to Duke 62-57. More on that game coming up next after this message from DraftKings.
NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Guys, I do this all the time with over-unders. I do it with the first three porn that's going to be made by Stephen Curry or, 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 or you know, Ja Morant, LaMelo Ball, whatever it is. Do all of these same-game parlay actions at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can do so by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys are taking full advantage of all these great offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners Podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough Blog podcast. Uh, we've talked about bad offense. We've talked about really good defense. And Carolina competed on that end of the court. Um, second chance points were a killer. And normally 14 off 10 offensive rebounds, probably you don't look at it and you get mad because that's less than a point per offensive rebound. But when you only got seven, that's a really hard pill to swallow. And the biggest issue that I think I had was Carolina had how many quality looks at the rim they just didn't make. There was a lot. I mean, hell, they missed two dunks in the first half. So, you know, if if Carolina... And Carolina defensively rebounded just a whole lot better in the second half than they did, you know, at, at different points in in the in the in the first half and the first game. But I mean, Duke just got. It, I mean, they got seven of their ten offensive rebounds in the second half, and it felt like every time Carolina yep. had to get the ball, that ball would 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 find its way into a Duke's player's hands. And, and Jay Billis, you know, said it all on the broadcast. Like that's the difference between winning and losing in this game. Is usually the the fifty fifty balls, those fifty fifty plays. And again, I don't think it was a lack of effort. I thought Carolina fought. I thought they boxed out. It's just if Duke got their hands on the ball and were able to tip it up, that ball would find its way into Carolina or into the the, the hands of a Duke player. Which brings us to Kyle Filipowski. I'm kind of glad he'll be gone after this year because uh, he's your ACC player of the year. I think tonight just showed you everything you need to see about that. There aren't many freshmen that look the way he looked on the road in a Carolina game tonight. Yeah, I mean, he looked he looked pretty good. I mean, there's, there's a lot of credit that needs to be given to him. Uh, I mean, he wasn't the most efficient player, but when he needed offensive rebounds, he got them. You know, and I, and I thought I thought the one thing that Carolina did right was he got he got guarded by three different guys throughout the game? Yeah, they gave him different looks. I mean, he just he he 
He's a smart player, man. He made adjustments just about every time. He found ways to score when he needed to. But uh, yeah, I mean, when you're when you're allowing nearly a point and a half on second chance opportunities to Duke, and you're not even getting a point off your second chance opportunities, you're you're not gonna win. You're not gonna win many games. Yeah, and then I mean, getting getting beaten the paint thirty to sixteen. I don't know if this is what Duke is going to become. If they're going to kind of, if Shire's going to build them back into the mold of what his teams were like. Well, I mean, I think I think this team, some of the recruiting that you're seeing, they he is building them this way because he watched them get their ass kicked by Carolina a few times on the glass. And I think that was a focus of his is like, hey, we can't let that happen again. And I'm I'm gonna tell you, it hasn't happened in the two games that we saw him play this year. Yeah, so no. Carolina's gotta respond. You may have to adjust the way you're recruiting. Yeah, it, it that was something this year that I just I, I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't prepared for. I thought with Baycott, with Nance well, Other uh, Armando got, took a step back in that department, man. And again, I don't know, I don't had, think it's a lack of effort. I know he 17 was seventeen and eleven. Oh, I'm saying just overall, like you got to think his season average last year, he was at what? what was it? It was close. It was like 13.4. He went on a stretch where he was grabbing double double rebounds every single game, though. Uh, but it doesn't matter. He's, I mean, he's going to finish now right at about 11 rebounds. I mean, and it's not a significant step back, and but that's not it's good a enough. Step back. No, that's good enough. I mean, dude, he had to probably for this team. And we're seeing it now because Brady Manick is gone, how important he was. He probably needed to take even a further step and probably be a guy that averaged almost 15 a game. He, he probably had to be in that Shebway territory in order for Carolina to be the team that we thought they were going to be. Yeah. We didn't really think that. Yeah, yeah, that's asking too much out of, out of him. I'm not going to argue with 17 and 11. Oh no! I mean, he played well tonight. I'm just saying That's there were times. That's season average, though. I'm not going to complain about 17 and 11. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's. You said he took a step back. He though. did. That's he's 17. Statistic- he's statistically, 17 and 11. that's that's a step back. He was a little bit better scoring wise, but that was a step back on the glass, and that was a difference tonight. If he was if he was as dominant as he was down the stretch last year, they probably win this game but the thing is is that he there's he doesn't get the consistent help that he needs to so it's easy for teams to sort of take him away when it comes on the glass so yeah I mean that's that's just it is what it is yeah I mean uh, I mean I agree with he doesn't get the help he he needs I mean, Leakey added eight. I mean, they were even on the boards. They were 39 and 39. The biggest difference tonight was Pete Nance has been rebounding the ball better he only had four rebounds. Well, and, that hurt. You know, the thing is, is that Brady was a really good offensive rebounder. Yep. Pete Nance is a defensive rebounder. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we, and I mean we as in you, we as in me, we just didn't pay enough attention to that as we were figuring out who Pete was and understanding that he was still a really good rebounder. He's still a good rebounder. He just rebounds the ball in a different way. So, but it's why Hubert Davis has emphasized it's a UNC rebounding game. Because I it's it's hard to it's hard to complain about a guy averaging 17-11 in the ACC. It it's it's really hard to say, "Oh, well, you regress and that's why this team isn't where it is." Uh, I you 
I I well, can't, no, I'm I can't saying, say that. I'm saying that with everything else that happened, clearly that's not the reason that this team is where they are at. I'm saying that in hindsight, you probably needed this dude to be one of the one of the best players in the country in both of those categories. If you were going to get anywhere close to where you were last year, we, because he just he just there is there is no help for him. Well, I mean, thing like is, this if you team's... go back and look at the Ohio State game where he had twenty five plus points and fifteen plus rebounds, and you had to hit a shot at the buzzer to force an overtime. Yeah, it's just the dude. It's this team. I, I I still cannot believe how bad of a shooting team this team is. This team sucks at times shooting the basketball. Like there is just no other way around it. They are horrible. Well, and the thing that's the most frustrating times. is they're not they're not bad shooters. They're not. We've seen it from them. We so, saw it last year. You know, it's basketball is a tricky game, man. man. It's one of the things I love about it is kind of like baseball, you play a lot where you get a chance to come back pretty soon and and try to right your wrongs, make up for your shortcomings. The thing is is that when you get all the bounces you got a year ago, the gods aren't they're not fair usually the next time around. Mm-hmm. And it it felt like that law of averages, man. It feels like every time that Carolina needs the ball to go their way, it just hasn't, and it, God, it sucks. Like it, 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 it physically hurts to sit here and talk about where we are, because I, 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 I'm still dumb enough to think if they, if it, if it all, if the light bulb comes on, what. What I, who, I mean, look, that what, ain't what. What can we be? That's that. That's not dumb because. I, I mean, if if this team goes there, goes to Greensboro and wins, and guys, it, it has to be that they win the ACC tournament because I'm here to tell you that Virginia will drop out of the top 30 in the net ranking. They played Louisville today. They will not be a top 30 team. So Carolina is going to have zero quad one wins. They will then have to win at least three games in the quad one to have a chance like that that was that that was what we were being told regardless coming in so in the experts minds and I again the experts are not who determines who goes into this field Joe Lenardi does not pick this field Mike DeCourcy Jerry Palm those guys they don't pick the field but you would imagine that the committee I mean there there is a there there is a legitimate chance that the committee takes into account what those people say heavily because we don't really know anything about the committee members. We don't know if they actually watch all these college basketball games. Hell, at this point, I don't know. Do we know if they even watch college basketball, some of these people? So, I mean, if you're Carolina, I think that's that has to be your mindset. That should have been your mindset anyways, but it has to be your mindset going in that we are here for one thing and one thing only, and that is to win this conference tournament and make sure that we are solidly in the field. But it's not out of the realm of possibility because, I mean, we, we've this team has had their back against the wall so many times before, and look, it, it felt like they had their back against the wall tonight, but it's still not over just yet. 
So now let's let's see what they can do. Hell, they're they're backed into a tight corner. But all you got to do is get hot for one weekend. Well, the thing you got to worry about is are they mentally exhausted from having their backs against the wall? Their backs were against the wall their freshman year. Even though they were an 8 seed, their backs, you know, because, like, 8 seeds here isn't good enough. It's just not. Last year, your backs were against the wall after a home a home loss to a then-bad Pittsburgh team. And this year, after one four-game losing streak, your back was against the wall. When it happened for a second time, you were a loss away from who knows what happening. So you have to – I mean, that's going to be a component is – after tonight, with another disappointing result, do they mentally check out? We won't find out till next Wednesday when they they walk on the court in Greensboro at seven o'clock. the the only The only hope and good news I have is that it's in Greensboro. There's going to be a large Tar Heel contingent in the building, and maybe that that can do enough. To, to inspire this team to to play the way they need to play for four games in four days. And their draw, their draw isn't it's it's pretty good, man. And and be able to and to be able to right the wrongs for what this season is right now. Um because if the season were to end today, I I've watched I've watched a team go twenty and seventeen I've watched a team go 14 and 19. I've watched a team fall down 40 to 12 in the final four. I've watched a team blow a 15 point lead in the national title game. This would be the most disappointing season I've ever endured. And I think you can tell by the voice, the way my voice is. Um,. It's almost broken me because this this I didn't see I didn't see this coming. I, I I it 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 takes a lot as much as I've watched this program as much as I I watch college basketball. It's it it takes a lot to leave me just silent without a loss or at a loss for words for what I'm watching. And I'm I was there when the game ended. And that wasn't the first, the second, the third. That was like the fifth or sixth time this year I had to go somewhere and decompress to figure out how do I formulate my thoughts to talk about what I just watched. And that's not supposed to happen when you're preseason number one when you're an overwhelming favorite to win the league. I mean, you're talking about double the votes, almost triple the votes to win the league. You recreate an iconic image. And, I mean, not that it went on actual Sports Illustrated because SI no longer writes about college basketball, but you recreate an image that that image was what we all, was what we all think about when you think about that 1982 team, you think about Michael Jordan hitting the jump shot, and you think about Dean Smith in front of a chalkboard with four players in the background. You recreate that. It's almost disrespectful at this point. And you're you're 19 and 12, and you're 11 and 9 in a league you were picked to win. 
and you've you've now got you've now got four games in four days to save your season, potentially save your narrative, and just hear your name called on Selection Sunday. Because if if they don't make the tournament, this the program will enter a crossroads. You shouldn't be entering in year two of a coach who in his first season was in the national title game. And not even a year after, yeah, you went, you you were that close to cutting down the nets for an eighth time. So, um, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Uh, we do encourage you guys to visit the website, HeelToughBlog.com. If you want to depress yourself, you can go and read a recap of the loss to Duke. We'll be getting you ready for the ACC tournament. Carolina will be in action Wednesday at 7 p.m. Once we find out that opponent, there will be a preview posted up and recap as well as well for every game that Carolina does find themselves competing in Greensboro. And also there will be some football stuff on the site as well as spring practice officially gets underway uh, on Sunday, hopefully that's not too tough for them to go through, like their actual schedule uh, on the field this fall. Uh, as for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search us. We're at the Four Corners Podcast. We're there. You can rate and review the podcast. But most importantly, guys, we want to hear. We want you to subscribe. That way, you don't miss any game preview, any game recap, whether I'm happy or sad, or any interview. Uh, as we bring on some of the best guests in the business. Hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. We want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.